0: This was right at the point where we went in for a Whole Foods meeting and got the national deal. That was like, okay, it's big time now. We can no longer run this as a small operation. We were self-manufacturing and self-distributing. We had to take on a lot of money to get this thing going and make it nationwide and big time. So we needed some big minds and people who've had the experience with big brands before. So we decided to bring on a CEO who built out this dynamic team. Before we actually got the deal, it was the hardest because we was, just a proof of concept at that point in time. We didn't have a lot of sales. A lot of investors are like, okay, where are your sales? Like, How can you convince us that this is going to be a a huge win if we're going to invest millions into this product? But once we had that Whole Foods PO in hand, that was huge credibility. And that really helped us raise a lot of money very quickly.
1: That's Maya French. and And this is The Proof Podcast.
2: Today's special guest on the Plant Proof podcast is none other than Maya French. Maya was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and is the co-founder of Koya, a delicious range of plant-based protein beverages sold in over 1,500 stores across the USA, including Whole Foods. After studying broadcast journalism at Southern Illinois University, Maya decided to pursue her passion for natural foods while undergoing a lifestyle change. The change was encouraged by her continued frustrations of being sick and unhealthy. Later discovering a lactose intolerance, which became the inspiration behind a nut milk base for an incredible protein drink, Koia. This podcast will be particularly interesting for anyone that wants to hear firsthand from a startup founder about pivoting, raising capital, and managing the typical challenges that young businesses face.
1: being the Essential 8 multivitamin and the Optimal Omega Plus. The Essential 8 contains eight key nutrients that plant based eaters often fall short in. And the Optimal Omega Plus contains a direct source of DHA and EPA omega 3s, same as in fish, but from algae. In fact, taking Optimal Omega Plus daily, which contains 750 mg of EPA and DHA, is equivalent to eating two to three pieces of fatty fish per week in line with the nutrition recommendations globally. To get your Essential 8 and Optimal Omega Plus, head to theproof.com forward slash friends and follow the link which will get you an extra 10% off your first order. That's theproof.com forward slash friends.
2: It's a real pleasure to have you on the show today and I can't wait to jump into learning a little bit more about your journey and what you're up to. So let's let's give everyone a real uh, understanding of Maya French and where it all started for you. Where where did you grow up and, and how did your sort of entrepreneurial journey begin?
0: So um, I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. I went to school at Southern Illinois, studied journalism, ended up moving back to Chicago to city. To kind of find a new passion in life, I wanted to get into marketing. At that time, I met Dustin, who is our founder, and he expressed to me that he always, you know, he had a business before with painting and I had an interest in business. So we decided to partner up and, you know, start a food company.
2: And that's uh, Koya is the the name of that company. And how did you come up with the name Koya?
0: So Koya actually started as Raw Nature 5. <laughs> Back in the day, we were just... That a, was the,
2: the original name. The original
0: name. Okay. And that was because we had a raw drink. It was not processed. We only had five ingredients. And then we ended up, when we pivoted, we changed it to Koya. We hired like a branding agency and came up with this great idea. And the idea behind the name Koya comes from the Nikoya Peninsula, which is a blue zone. And um, there are people are basically what we see our customer as. Mostly plant-based diets. They're known for longevity. They always like wake up with a purpose in life and it's a sense of community. So that's where that name derives from.
2: Beautiful. And the initial business that you were running, you said it had the five ingredients and and was a juice company. What year did you start that?
0: This was November 2013. 13,
2: okay. And, and in terms of getting into the market and, and selling that product, What were you doing at that stage?
0: So when we started out, we were a juice company. Our idea was to sell the juices to grocery stores that couldn't create their own juice. That market became quickly oversaturated. We decided, okay, we have to come up with something new. So we took everything that we learned from juice just with the transparency, the simple ingredients, and we applied it to something new, which was a protein drink. So around this time, I, was discovered, I discovered that I was lactose intolerant. So we had the idea to have it as an almond milk base, like free of as many allergens as possible. Of course, nuts is always an issue. But that was kind of like the inspiration behind the simple ingredients. And during that time, we just kind of phased out the juice, brought in the protein drinks, and it was a huge hit from then on in small, like natural food stores.
2: So was there a stage there with the the first sort of iteration of the business where you thought, okay, this there's a lot of competition that's come in to the market. Things aren't working as well. I, I'm, I'm presuming that with competition, it meant prices came down, margins were down at your end, so things were tougher. Is that right?
0: Yes, things were definitely <laughs> difficult, especially with the juice. That's why plant-based protein was so much easier to make.
2: And was that like an immediate, did you go, okay, this isn't working, we need to pivot and this is where it is? Or did this sort of happen over like a six-month period? Was there any stage where you thought about giving up? Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: I think um, the stage where we thought about giving up was we were selling in this grocery store, uh, Mrs. Green's, you might be familiar with it in New York, and our labeling was completely wrong. So we got hit with like a small fine from the FDA and that was like, okay, you need to get your stuff together now. So at that time, like my partner was really for changing the product, but I really wanted to hold on to the juice. But we, you know, it was a slow rollout. We did it probably within like two months and we just listened to the consumer and the consumer really liked the protein drinks and it was just a better business decision altogether just because it just took less time to make. It was less labor, just a superior product. And there was nothing like it on the market. That was like, we were at the starting point of almond milk juices.
2: And now, you know, you're, you're selling in Whole Foods and a bunch of other grocery stores around the USA. What, what are you sort of noticing in terms of this space of plant-based protein? Are you seeing, you know, more and more consumers starting to pick up this type of product and become interested in it?
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, even for people who don't live a completely plant based lifestyle, they're starting to pick up more plant based products because they're more aware of, you know, what they're putting into their body. Most people have allergens now and they know that plant based is a better solution for all. It's a better choice at the end of the day. So you're seeing more products come into the markets. Um, grocery stores are starting to pick up more plant based products. It's just an entire shift, which is great it's great for everyone. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. And and from a, a manufacturing sort of sourcing point of view, you're making all of this in the USA? Yes. Okay. So, and looking at, I guess, competition and, and other brands in the market, whether that be plant-based or not, sort of in that functional beverage protein sort of RTD category, how have you differentiated yourself and created that sort of unique selling point?
0: So when we first started, iterations of protein drinks, we had these certain guidelines in place. We wanted low sugar because a lot of the drinks on the market are high sugar. They're always trying to mask something and we want it to, to be like low calories because just thinking about what the consumer looks at when they, they're they looking for a beverage, they always look at it is it high calories? Is it high sugar? What's the fat content? So keeping all these things in mind, that's what we put into this drink. And then people also want to see what they're drinking, which is why the drink is transparent. So what sets us apart is our high protein. It's 18 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, under 200 calories, high fiber. It's just like magical and taste is amazing.
2: Yeah. I think the like the fiber component is amazing. And One bottle is around over 28% of your daily dietary fiber requirement.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so that's it's definitely amazing what you've done there. And how are you sweetening the drink?
0: Monk fruit and organic cane sugar. It's a great combination. It just rounds out the flavor, the natural flavor. So like right now you're holding the cacao. Most cacao is like bitter, but it just rounds out the taste. And you don't need to put a ton of sugar in anything that's natural. You just need to taste the natural taste of it.
2: And so the listeners get an idea. I mean, the the flavors in these are amazing. We were talking off air. I've had all of them. And genuinely, these are hands down the best plant protein drinks I've ever had. I was in New York recently and they weren't. They were sold out, so I was a little disappointed there. But I did end up finding them. Take us through the range. So, what are the, What are the different flavor options, and where do you see the range going from here?
0: So, uh, right now we have five different flavor options. We have the cinnamon or coconut almond, cacao bean, vanilla, and what am I missing? <laughs> Cold brew coffee, of course. Cold brew
2: coffee. Yes. And what's the what's the top seller, or is it sort of does it vary based on state to state or shop to shop?
0: Cacao beans the top seller, of course. Chocolate lovers, take a heart. (laughs) And uh, I would say more in the tropical areas, maybe like Florida, coconut is actually a huge winner down there. So yeah, but mostly cacao.
2: And is the range sort of complete now? Is this the the coir range that you see on the shelf for the next few years? Or are you looking at, you know, creating other sorts of drinks for for customers?
0: Yeah. Well, we will extend this line. You might see some fruit. In the future, I mean, the possibilities are endless, but we do want to stick to, you know, plant-based and protein because those are really key differentiators.
2: And your business itself, is it, you were originally from Chicago, mm-hmm. is, and now you're living in LA, is the business set up in Chicago, or LA or both? And um, how, how is it set up? What's your sort of day-to-day involvement?
0: So right now we have eleven employees. They're spread out all throughout the U.S. Our marketing team is here in L.A. Santa Monica. Our CEO lives in Encinitas. So we're we're all around working remotely, but we're pretty tight knit. And me, I work on the marketing side, brand partnerships, and influencer partnerships.
2: At what stage, as a co-founder of the company, did yourself and Dustin? Sort of realized that you you wanted to get a CEO in, someone with some experience. And what was the for the listeners out there who you know are running their own their own business that they've started? What was the sort of tipping point where you said we need to make that decision, and we need to get someone in in order to go to the next level?
0: This was right at the point where we went in for a Whole Foods meeting and got the national deal. That was like, okay, it's big time now. We can no longer run this as a small operation. We were self-manufacturing and self-distributing. And we had to take on a lot of like money to get this thing going and make it nationwide and big time. So we needed some big minds and people who've had the experience with big brands before. So we decided to bring on a CEO who could build out this dynamic team.
2: Was that recent that you that you landed that deal with Whole Foods? Just for the listeners that are not based in USA, mm-hmm. Whole Foods is, you know, probably the top sort of healthy organic food type offering grocery retailer in their country. How many stores do they have?
0: Over four hundred stores nationwide.
2: And they're they're growing and I mean they're owned by Amazon now, right? Yes. So you've hired this CEO, he's come in, you've received some funds. Tell us about the the fundraising. Was that a, an easy process? Was it Was it something that you had to tip a lot of time into and invest a lot of time into sort of make, making come to fruition, so to speak?
0: Yes. I mean, first off, it was a little easier when we weren't really looking for it because we had such a great product that people were finding it organically. But when it came to like... That next step with Whole Foods. Before we actually got the deal, it was the hardest because it was just a proof of concept at that point in time. No one, we didn't have a lot of sales. So, you know, a lot of investors are like, okay, where are your sales? Like, how can you convince us that this is going to be a a huge win if we're going to invest millions into this product? But once we had that Whole Foods PO in hand, that was credibility out like huge credibility everybody was like, okay whole foods this major retailer believes in you then we do also and that really helped us raise a lot of money very quickly but before then it was a little hard yeah we were able to raise maybe like a, a couple of hundred thousand just based off of like the proof of concept the very start. Yeah.
1: yeah if you've tuned in to the many episodes i've done focusing on cardiovascular disease That provides lifestyle advice based on your blood test results with the new edition of apob inside ultimate plan now analyzes 44 biomarkers including metabolic health markers like hba1c triglycerides and blood glucose important nutrients like vitamin d and iron as well as hormones like cortisol sex hormone binding globulin free testosterone and total testosterone After the challenge, you'll retest your 10 biomarkers and see the proof of how powerful these science-backed habits really are. Head over to theproof.com forward slash living proof to download your zero cost copy of the Living Proof longevity challenge today. That's theproof.com forward slash living proof. Look forward to joining you on this journey.
2: And and so now you're you're in Whole Foods, you've got the CEO in, on board. Mm-hmm. You've raised some some good funds. Where are you planning to take this to? In the United States or abroad? How how big is this this brand going to be?
0: Oh man, the sky is the limit. So right now we're focusing on expanding in the US, like dominating the market. We've first the natural chain was number one and now we're tapping more to the conventional chains. Eventually, will end up in convenience as well. Is just making this product re- readily available to everyone, and it's a plant based product. And you don't see a lot of those in these smaller markets where the average price point is like two ninety nine for a sugary beverage. So we just want to have like that option available to people.
2: How can you compete with those those drinks? Do you? I mean, what's the current retail price on these?
0: The current retail price is four ninety nine.
2: Four ninety nine. So in those environments, do you are you able to go in with a four ninety nine? And is it more educational? How how are these families and, and not just families, young professionals or people in areas of the country that may be a little bit less educated on
0: mm-hmm.
2: plant-based beverages and why yours is healthier in terms of not having all that loaded sugar in it? How, how are you going to compete in that environment?
0: Yes. I mean, it is very competitive for those who aren't educated, but it's like, the trial is very important, um, especially like marketing as well. Just letting people know that this is a healthier option; and it's worth the spend. The ingredients are like higher quality, so I think that's what really drives the consumer to you know want to pick it up. And it's something unique, and it's a it's a great protein beverage. More people are looking for to add more protein into their diets, so this would be like the greatest option. I think mean, five dollars isn't that much, is it? <laughs>
2: no, I mean I, I certainly agree. The move into Whole Foods must have been an interesting one. Have you ever had experience working with a large retailer like that before?
0: No way. We went from 40 to 400 stores overnight.
2: Logistically speaking, how has that been? And and what are the challenges that you've faced in terms of being beginning a relatively small company and all of a sudden you're now working with a beast like Whole Foods owned by Amazon and you, you can't let them down?
0: Oh yeah, we can't, we can't let them down at all. So starting out, it was <laughs> pretty difficult because we had to find a manufacturer right away to produce the amount that they demanded. And we had to meet certain dates. We had to have the the money to buy the ingredients. So you had to have like all of your ducks in a row just so you won't let this consumer down. And then a lot of people assume that once you get into the retailer, it's great. Everything's smooth sailing from there. That's not the case. (laughs) You have to support the brand, you know, make sure you have merchandisers, making sure that you secure your shelf space. You have to make sure that you're marketing the product so that the consumers can know that it's there and actually go into the store and purchase the product. Because if you don't support your brand, you can lose your shelf space and then that's it. Huge deal out the window.
2: So as a a founder of this you know company which is now thriving, it's in a major retailer. What are the the regular challenges that you face as a founder or that you see your CEO faces as the sort of day to- day person dealing with all the logistics and the staff?
0: So I think that just as a growing business, everybody's like learning and growing together. So every day we face a new challenge, whether that's you know changes within your retailer, like the switch from, cold foods to Amazon, or it could be logistical challenges. We have a refrigerated product. It's really difficult to ship. It's really expensive to ship. So just challenges with that, anything from like making the right decision, putting the right team members in place. So I think there are a lot, but...
2: Hiring staff is typically quite difficult. How have you found that in terms of getting the right people into the business to perform various roles?
0: The whole natural food industry is very tight knit. So we always look for experts in that industry. (laughs) I think people kind of just trade off. Different. You you do a lot of head hunting. Yeah, a lot of head hunting. (laughs) We just trade off people all the time to find just people who are experienced in this. So that's what we've done. Yeah. Our marketing director, she comes from Fiji and like our director of sales. He comes from a company, Juicero, which was really huge back in the day. Yeah. And then like. Our CEO is a former founder of Four loco
2: Okay, wow. Well, which so is a beverage you, industry. So you've gone and got the right people. Yeah, we've in, gotten
0: the right in, people.
2: And we we spoke about it a little a little while ago. But you, you raised some funds. For anyone listening who does have a a business which they're looking to get you know some investors on board, what are your top tips for them going out and having the, the best chance of actually raising some funds?
0: So my my best tip is. In the beginning, make sure that you know everything is in order as far as like organization of your your books and your finances. Make sure you have an amazing product. A lot of people think they have an amazing product and and they don't. <laughs>
2: so, so what's what's the best way of them you yeah. know actually working out? Is their product right to take it to the table and and put it in front of investors?
0: A lot of trial, in-store trial the consumers know best. I mean, we've done countless hours of trial. And then from there, I think like the best advice I can give is like attending shows, like where we met, the natural products, shows. It's great networking opportunities. There are tons of investors, tons of people with like knowledge in this space. And everyone's always open to share different ideas or to try your product, and tell you what's missing or even finding like partners as far as like retailer ingredient partners just everything underneath the sun is like in one space within three or four days
2: <laughs> yeah that expo was it was fantastic but it was mind blowing how many brands were there yes so you, how did you find that event for anyone listening that is an event on once a year in anaheim mm-hmm. natural
0: products expo well they have one on the east and they have one in on the west on the
2: west and you know it's a Bunch of retailers, anything, mainly food. Mm -hmm. And you know what what, what did you think of the event? And you've obviously already got a, a huge retailer in the USA. So what was the main purpose of you guys exhibiting this year?
0: Just because there are more retailers that we want to touch and just having our name out there. I mean, every year, like last year, we had a small table and this year we had a big booth. It was just having that brand presence, even for marketing, just like being able to reach out to or be available for influencers or like different brand partners is a melting pot for everyone. So anything that we would need or look for in the future is right then and there. We're just like networking and connecting. We have to go in there with a goal because you will get overwhelmed very quickly.
2: Yeah, I think I I tried that much food. Like I (laughs) I hadn't eaten lunch and when I left there, I was so full from trying everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can do that as well.
2: So, speaking of food, you know, you grew up. We spent a bit of time in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now you're in LA. Let's let's start off with Chicago. Top tips for for food. Your uh, recommendations.
0: Hmm. Let's see. Okay. So I live at Whole Foods when, when <laughs> I'm in Chicago. The restaurants are really great. Bucktown, I think, has like some of the best. Wicker Park has some of the great greatest restaurants because there's. Unique chefs and cuisine, and then I think my f- other favorite go-to would be Kitch Fix. It's a uh, completely paleo. It's in the Gold Coast. Okay, I'm lactose intolerant, so I look for anything that doesn't have cheese in it, and with the paleo diet, it just fits. <laughs> so I'm able to find. So it where's that? Think. It's in the Gold Coast. So it's in Chicago. In Chicago, there's yes. A,
2: there's a Gold Coast in Australia. So <laughs> i just going to clarify that so people don't go to the wrong country. <laughs>
0: Yes, well, it's in the Gold Coast in Chicago, and they definitely even have products that Whole Foods doesn't have. So, and then Plum Market is another. Okay, another one,
2: yeah. fantastic. And in LA, where where do you like to go out and
0: eat? Uh, I love but Gracias Madre. Um, I went there last night. <laughs> so good. What's the other Cafe Gratitude? Because it's, it's like an yeah. entire experience.
2: And they're actually owned by the same people. Yeah. So, so the listeners know Gracias Madre is a vegan or plant-based mexican it's in west hollywood and it's absolutely delicious great vibe great ambience so check that out if you're in la cafe gratitude anything else
0: okay so i would live at erwan but it's so expensive
2: and they just opened up a new one in santa monica they
0: did (laughs) but i i'm it's like i'm a kid in a candy store when i'm there i just want their seven dollar (laughs) donuts
2: <laughs> and you walk in there with the intention to buy one thing and you end up filling up two baskets or more and
0: with um, empty pockets.
2: Yeah. But it is a great store and it's great to see that's where the market's sort of heading and people becoming more conscious about what what they buy, whether it's from produce or, you know, processed foods and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry, like I even found some chips from Spain there last oh, time. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah.
2: So finally, you're you know you've done an incredible job. You've got a really inspirational story in terms of starting a business, hitting a little bit of a cross bridge, and then pivoting. And now you're in one of America's largest retailers, very reputable retailer in Whole Foods. What does my French do to not necessarily distract yourself, but take your mind off work, release, and allow yourself to then re-enter uh, your work mode in a fresh state?
0: Definitely exercise. (laughs) I'm the type of person that could get stuck working like in front of my laptop all day. So uh, just forcing myself to take a break, whether it's like hiking up a mountain or, you know, working out in the gym, it just allows me to stop and focus on myself, breathe, clear my head, feel strong and motivated. And afterwards, I'm just ready to take over the world.
2: So we're coming towards the the end of the podcast. Is there any final words or anything else that you'd like the listeners to know about your story and, and Koya?
0: Definitely. I think that everyone should know, like when you're when you're starting a business or doing anything in life, you can't be afraid of change or else you just won't grow. I think the biggest pivotal point for us is like the transition from Raw Nature 5 to Koya, just having to, you know, change a lot about the product so that we can make it big time. So that was like changing the processing method, changing the packaging, and just all these things to prep us. So a lot of people, they, they're reluctant to change because you want to hold on to something that you think is like, golden but you have to be open to other people's opinions and um, you know listen to experts don't think you know everything no one knows everything put the right people in place that can help you grow network i think all those things are really important to have a very successful brand
2: well thank you very much for being on the plant proof podcast i've certainly really enjoyed our conversation and i'm sure the listeners will too If they would like to look up yourself or the the brand online and on social media, where can they find you?
0: So our social media handles are Drink Koya, D-R-I-N-K-K-O-I-A. You can also, you know, our website is www.drinkkoya.com, hashtag Drink Koya. (laughs) You'll find all of our information there.
2: So jump on over, guys. Have a look at the drinks. They are absolutely delicious. And if you're in the States, head into Whole Foods, check them out you will not be let down thank you very much and that's this week's episode of the plant proof podcast connect with myself and the plant proof community at plantproof.com and at plant underscore proof on instagram don't forget to sign up to the newsletter to receive our free plant-based nutritional information including recipes important blogs and much more direct to your inbox Until next time, folks, I'm your host, Simon Hill. Keep your spacesuit plant-proof.